what do you think? Is this uh, movie a metaphor for something, or? <laughs> yeah, what, what what are you saying here? I don't know, man. It just seems like race kind of plays a factor in this thing. It's a black exploitation movie. No, that's not what I mean. Like the fact that when he transforms into the monster, the monster is like you know a white guy. Yeah, like us. Yeah, I mean, except not at all. <laughs> this does not look at all like an actual white guy. I mean, everyone just keeps mistaking him for some uh, white dude. I mean, the makeup work in this is questionable. Uh, <laughs> followed only closely behind or in front of by acting, so I'm not sure. Oh, hey now. You can't tell me the acting in this is of a... It's not strong. Reasonable quality. No, I like Bernie Casey a lot, but this does not show his talents. Uh, definitely a charismatic man and one who you can see promise in the performance, but yeah. there's a lot being asked of him in this and not the supporting characters and or things around it to succeed. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot being asked of him in this and I'm not sure that he uh, can bear the weight of this Nobody Tremendous could. Nobody could. <laughs> Nobody could. <laughs> I don't blame him for that. <laughs> Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And today we are discussing legendary exploitation horror movie, Dr. Black, Mr. Hyde, which I incorrectly referred to as Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde last time. There's no and. It's just Dr. Black, Mr. Hyde. How fucking dare you mess that and up? What a weird thing to not include. It is a strange non-include. I also find it strange that this is described as a horror film. What do you mean? He transforms into like a monster and he's murdering people. He's running through dimly lit streets in terror and screaming. It's got all the marks of a horror movie. But it's funny as fuck the entire time. Well, I think that's just... It's not believable and, and or yeah, like scary in like... This, to me, did not come off as horror at all. Maybe drama in some ways, but I did not, <laughs> I did not feel like this was a scary movie in any way. More or less scary than Blackula? Less. Okay. I feel like Blackula had more drama. I think the performance in Blackula of, of the Blackula character... Top-notch. Yeah, I think we he both pulls gave it off that high marks yeah. in our Black Hill he, episode. He yeah. pulls it off better than our White Hulk sort of evil villain here. White Hulk? He's at the Hulk. Well, that's what it appears like every time he transforms into... He's a haint. Jekyll. A haint. Which is a term yeah, I was the... not familiar with that comes up later on. It sounded way too close to taint for me to take seriously. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, well, here's something we do have to take seriously today. The beer that we have connected to this movie is not a beer. It's two beers. We're combining them into one drink because one of the breweries you and I visited this summer in Pittsburgh, this is what they do with these two beers. Yeah, so we got a, a chance to travel to Pittsburgh, and one of the places we stopped in, was it the first place we stopped in? I believe it was, yeah, yeah. once we got in this in. Necromancer Brewing. What a really cool space. What a really cool idea behind their brewery, too. They have a ton of different beers, and they also have a really cool space where you can drink them and play board games. We had some fun there, too. But they have a black and gold beer. The black one is the Pittsburgh Porter, and the gold one is the Pittsburgh Cream Ale. Of course, black and gold, the colors of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Penguins, Pirates, all the teams. As we learned on our boat trip through the rivers of Pittsburgh, everything has those two colors there. It is something that is standard to the Pittsburgh um, what's the word I want here? Milia. Yeah, actually, that is the word I wanted, the Pittsburgh Milia. And that is, uh, thank you for picking that up for me here. And so we're going to mix these together for our movie. Dr. Black, 
Mr. Hyde, we've got black, we've got gold. He's not gold in the movie. I don't know what color to honestly describe him as, but it is certainly... Oh, no, they make him look white, just not like a white person. I have never seen a more zombie-like makeup in my life. Yeah, that's what he looks like. He looks like a zombie. Yeah, and it's interesting, right? And maybe that is how we look to others. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. No, this is... Uh, uh, we actually drank these beers. You can buy individual cans of the black and the gold, which we did. But if you are in the tap room, they combine them for you into one drink. You get a little bit of both. And I'll be honest, I did not know how these were going to go together, but I tried them in the summer. Really enjoyed the combination. I've had it a few times since then. Seems appropriate. We've got our two sides here with the beers. We've got our two sides of the main character. And we are smack dab in the middle of football season so very thrilled to be representing the black and gold of the Steelers do I pour them at the same time or do I open oh one? no you gotta open them both and then you're gonna double pour at the same time yeah 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 oh wow okay. oh no you're gonna get too foamy is what you're saying no, well, no I'm gonna give this a shot I'm just no don't do it this, I don't want I, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll I'm gonna keep it clean don't worry So the movie starts with us fading in on a hospital building, and I guess it's actually a research center, and legendary handsome man Bernie Casey giving a tour to some investors or something. We don't really dwell on it. He's playing the main character of our movie who is not named Dr. Black, but instead Dr. Pride. That was a real subtle touch, I thought. Yeah, I mean, they wanted to make sure that they were giving him a character. They didn't want him to be only the Black Doctor. No, instead he's the pride of the community. Yeah. yeah. Although, as we find out very soon, he does not necessarily fit into that community seamlessly. Well, I mean, he is award-winning, so he has been given some honors for all of his hard work. And not only is he dedicated to his work at the university, but he is also willing to spend his time volunteering at the free clinic in the inner city. Well, that's what we find out when some funky music takes us through a very quick title card and into the other side of Dr. Pride's life. That's the one where he is working in the Watts neighborhood at a free clinic. Now, his first patient of the day is some old guy with a bad shoulder, but his second patient is a prostitute named Linda with a knack for wordplay. Why is it you will not let the nurse give you your vitamin shots? Aw, oh, man, she uses a square needle. But don't you get tired of coming in here and having me stick needles in you? Well, your needle's the only needle ever stuck in my ass, I'll tell you that much. I should note that she is topless the entire time she's doing this back and forth. They are just coming out swinging here. <laughs> Yeah, when he opens the door and it's out, you know how this is going to go down. I was impressed with the wordplay here. I thought it was mm -hmm. fun and, and really friendly. I'm kind of hopeful at this point. I, I'm assuming they're introducing her here because she's going to play a fairly significant role in the movie. Oh, very much as it turns out. Now, before we end this scene, she actually tells the doctor that if uh, he's ever looking for a good time to come find her at the Moonlight Lounge... But in our next scene, we see why he turns her down, because he is in a relationship with one of his colleagues named Dr. Billy Worth, played by the legendary Rosalind Cash. She loves him very much, but feels like he spends too much time on his research, research that we learn involves trying to cure cirrhosis of the liver. He has created an experimental serum, and he tests it out on a lab rat, but the serum has two side effects. First, it causes the rat to lose all pigmentation, turning it completely white. And second, it makes the rat aggressive. Aggressive enough to kill all of the other rats in its cage overnight. And I say this all the time, but if you can't see where this is going, I mean... <laughs> Even before we get to the testing, the conversation they have 
is so obvious that you know shit is about to go bad. The way that they set up the dialogue here and the way that our female doctor is trying to convince Dr. Pride to back away from this research, you're like, well, we know what's happening. I guess also having the background knowledge of what Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which I assume kind of inspires this feature, uh, kind of yeah, lets you kind know of. It yeah, might yeah, inspire yeah, just, just a little, little yeah. bit. Yeah, although... I don't know. I feel like the transitions that happen here and the way that it acts is not the same as that kind of story. No, not really. I will. This is one of those things, too. We've said this before where it's like anyone who's seeing this knows what's going to happen because you've seen the trailer. Like there's no suspense. But the fact that they still try and like leave a little question in your mind to me is always so silly. Now, uh, in case this all wasn't totally obvious, Dr. Pride frets over the results the next morning and decides that what he needs to really figure this serum out is a human factor. What's this research center called again? The Southern California Institute of Bad Ideas? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> he doesn't think that the rat study is going to be the right way to see if this works. He needs a person to test it on. And guess what? We're watching a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, what are. happens almost instantly? Oh, fuck, yeah, some orderlies wheeling a black lady with a failing liver who was left for dead, and Dr. Pride decides this is the perfect chance to test his serum, and you'll never believe it, but it causes this lady to turn completely white-ish and attack a nurse before eventually dying. I'm stunned by this, as is Dr. Pride. I tried to save her, Billy. I really did. If she were not so near death, I would never use a serum. And you did use a serum on that lady. Uh, yeah. What does she think happened here? <laughs> yeah, so the ethics are in question here. The fact that the perfect person showed up with no living family people to question why this <laughs> happened and a liver issue is just fucking amazing. The fact that he was willing to test it on her without any kind of university or college approval was somewhat questionable. But, you know, when you need to get that scientific discovery, fuck how it affects other people. You know what, though? Hot take. I kind of agree with his line of thinking here because he says, like, this lady is going to die. And he's like, what's worse? watching her die or trying something that could theoretically save her. And yes, it ends up like killing her, I guess, after momentarily turning into like a rage zombie. But is it not a greater sin if his oath of healing to like just sit there and be like, sorry, you're out of luck and just watch her expire? I kind of get that. What if she had a choke to death the nurse that she grabbed a hold of? Well, yeah, then you've got to answer some questions, I think, yeah. to at the very least a hospital review board. But she you know. she attempted it. That that she zombification. Really did, yeah. I thought the nurse was fucking gone. In fact, the way that she choked her, I thought it was over. But he got lucky here in a way, I guess. His test subject died, but nobody else got hurt, and nobody fucking cared that she was dead. So we're all good. Oh yeah, we're great. And uh, Dr. Pride isn't going to let a small thing like miserable failure slow him down. So he decides to test the serum out on himself. And the effects we get when he transforms here are, uh, how would you describe those? Atrocious. <laughs> so th we're, it's not great. I have really enjoyed you sharing with me the black exploitation genre. The production quality on this bad boy is questionable at best. That's the thing, man. A lot of them just didn't have a lot of money to work with, and this one is very dicey. The makeup work and the way that he transforms is not good. Despite being quite a charming and handsome man, the acting that comes across as he's transforming into the White Hulk is also not very good. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And we see a, even worse versions of this later, for sure. No, man, it is really low quality across the board. So... 
our Dr. Pride is our doctor, and our sort of Jekyll side is this strange white zombie creature thing. Oh, yeah, and with the transformation complete, Dr. Pride staggers out into his driveway and gets into his Rolls Royce, then drives downtown where, and this is what I mentioned earlier, three guys mistake him for some white guy who's either lost or crazy. But I will tell you what's crazy. Anyone mistaking this dude for a white guy? No, the makeup does not do a good job they just of don't have the budget. look Caucasian. They don't have the no. budget. No, it's so clearly like just not correct. But whatever, like you said, we're watching the movie. <laughs> now, it turns out the place Dr. Pride was trying to find was the Moonlight Lounge, which is where Linda from the clinic told him to find her if he ever wanted a good time. So apparently the serum also makes you super horny or... It makes you want to f*** Linda, apparently, because that seems to be what he wants to do moving forward from this point He's on. He's going back to it, yeah. Yeah, he beats the shit out of the three guys who kind of make fun of him for being a white guy and questioning where he is. He throws one of them through a glass window... And the last guy finally gives him the details. So he heads over to the Moonlight Lounge. Yeah, and we meet a couple of other characters here. There's one of Linda's friends and co-workers, I guess. Also her former pimp, Silky, and a drug dealer who, of course, is white. Because that's what white people did in the 70s, flooded the streets with drugs. But as far as the people in this bar are concerned, this will be the second worst white guy who comes in there that night. <laughs> what, when he comes in here? Yeah, man, I'm saying. Yeah, so, oh my goodness, our doctor comes in uh, all white hulked out, ready to go. He's looking for Linda and he does find her, but she is immediately fearful when he appears there. And so uh, Silky and many of the others step up to prevent him from getting to Linda. Linda's kind of got some backup here and he just starts throwing down. He's tossing guys across <laughs> the room. He has at least two d grabs, which results in like foreskin being torn from the, the base of those penises. For oh my sure. God, yeah. dude. He crushes one guy's and balls into a fine powder. Uh, but then gets <laughs> snorted by Silky <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll help Silky out. Yeah. No, but then somebody cuts him with a knife, so he runs into the parking lot, and a bunch of these bar patrons chase after him. But when the serum wears off and they see Dr. Pride in his natural state instead of that white guy they were expecting, they assume he can't possibly be the same person from the bar, even though he's wearing the exact same clothes. This is ridiculous. He also has the same fucking knife wound as the guy who just messed everybody up. Yeah, and they're like 30 seconds behind him. What's more likely, that the white guy got away or that this guy with the same wound and same clothes was that guy? No logic here at all. The crew wiped off that terrible zombie makeup really quickly, and you had no fucking idea who it was. It was impossible. God damn it. Well, uh, Linda's back in the clinic the next day, and I guess some of that serum is still in his system because Dr. Pride asked her to dinner. She naturally assumes he's going to give her a different type of injection. She's but hoping. She, <laughs> she's definitely hoping that that's the case. No, you should say that immediately. It's not like that at all. We'll talk. Get to know each other. We'll talk about you. Call it um, fatherly advice. And there'll be no hanky-panky. Hanky-panky's my business, Tom. But not tonight. You're off duty. Okay. And you did not believe for one second that he wasn't going to nail her, did you? Oh, I thought they were going to f*** for sure. The fact that he had gotten some clear STI and, uh... Yeah, like, <laughs> he knows she's clean. Yeah, <laughs> he did full tests on her, so he knew he could lay pipe and nothing was going to happen, yeah. so he might as well just go to Pound Town and have a good time. <laughs> did Richard Gere know that Julia Roberts was clean and pretty woman? 
No. Was not, she clean? We don't know. He didn't know either. He just no, got in the he, tub with her. And, he just couldn't help yeah. himself. I mean, I mean, she was a very pretty woman. This this does kind of in many ways feel like a black exploitation pretty, pretty woman. woman. Yeah, for Except sure. Except Richard Gere doesn't try to fucking inject Julia Roberts with an experimental serum that turns her into a fucking zombie. I mean, if he was a scientist, he might have. <laughs> And we can't help that this medical doctor It's more of a Jason Alexander move in that movie, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you're right, yeah. Oh, God. Well, uh, if this was in the slam dunk before the date, Dr. Pride puts himself over the top by offering to cover the cost of some child's vitamins in the clinic. Now, Linda wasn't supposed to see that, he says, and she calls back to that later before they go on their date. And things go pretty well, so when he invites her back to his house, she jumps at the chance. They make a quick stop first at the home his mother used to live in, though. And it turns out this house has quite the history, as does Dr. Pride himself. Yeah, there's a lot of exposition here. It's getting kind of slow. I thought he was going back to what was, like, an absolute mansion. It is this massive property and house. What he says to her, what turns out to be, is that he grew up there. He was raised there, but his mom was a maid, and the house was actually a whorehouse it was like a place where people came to have sex and his mom's job was to clean up all the fucking mess and like garbage after the sex had happened man not exactly a uh, great assignment there eh? no and yeah. because of that she had contracted hepatitis oh that's why yeah, yeah you mentioned that she of, had it because yeah. of that she had contracted hepatitis and that had affected her liver and that was the inspiration for him to go into medicine and to see if he could fix this so they're trying to give you the background on why this is happening and they head back to his real place here and he invites her in he starts pouring a drink and they're gonna have sex right oh my god it fucking seems like it he's pulling out all the stops here first he buys that kid vitamins then there's the nice meal now he's showing his sensitive side and linda cannot this guy fast enough but sadly she's not going to get the chance as it turns out he's only interested in her as a test subject now, she is not down with that and comes up with a solution that she thinks will get him to back down. She'll take the shot, but only if he does it first. Swing and a miss there, lady. Yeah, he can't agree fast enough. He decides that he is going to shoot himself up here with this serum. He's already tested it out. I don't know that he remembers the results of the first time he shot himself up, but... Uh, That's not clear. They go back to a couple times where it's like, does he know? Does he not know? I don't think he does. I think it takes him to a different place. So if he did know, I don't think he'd shoot himself up so freely. He rolls up a sleeve and pumps that serum into himself and once again turns into the White Hulk. She obviously is distressed by this and decides that she's going to run away. She runs out into the street and somehow gets sideswiped by a security vehicle. Well, that's also not clear. I'm not sure if the car actually hits her. What's really weird here, or I guess not, as this is clearly social commentary, is how excited Dr. Pride is for the loss of pigmentation side effect. In a moment, you look like me. Uh Look at my hands. Look at my face. <laughs> Linda made some comments earlier about him acting white and or wishing he was white. And I have to say, like, there's pretty much nothing else we can infer from this, right? No, you're right. That's definitely kind of the message that's pouring here. I do like that she's horrified by that, though, right? Like, th that's part of the commentary they're trying to show is that as a black female and one who is particularly vulnerable... The white male is a dangerous person to be around at that time. Yeah, and I mentioned that with the drug dealer. Right? We've seen this in so many black exploitation movies where it really is about like that community and being true to that community and these kind of outside elements. And one of the greatest enemies we see in like movie like Coffee 
is the member of that community who actually like is in alliance with the white people or like is working for them or like wants to be with them. And so he sells out his own community. And that's kind of what's happening here. Now, as you mentioned, she bolts out of there, uh, maybe gets hit by a car or does. We're not really sure, but still manages to escape. A different prostitute, however, apparently wasn't so lucky. Some kids find her dead body in an abandoned building, and you know what that means. Somebody has put some shit into the game. (laughs) You're pulling out a quote here from one of our detectives. At this point, we find uh, another murdered prostitute, one that I don't know that we were... No, we, we don't meet her, no. We don't meet her yet, but we are getting introduced to two new characters, which are our two detectives. We've got both a black cop and a white cop, and they're kind of curious about this strange murder that's happening in our inner city and it doesn't seem like the regular kind of murder that they're used to oh no definitely not so add another side effect to the list for that serum null as dr pride is now unable to resist murdering hookers they should have called this movie black the ripper <laughs> they do allude to that right yeah yeah our one cop does say we are kind of having our own jack the ripper kind of moment and was there a black the ripper kind of oh, remake God, i don't think so but there should have been that's a that's was waiting to happen right now that would have been a slam dunk we put that in the film movie. slate with our yeah <laughs> what what we probably got about four or five films that we've decided that we need to make and that's gonna have to go on the docket my favorite is still off our porn version of face <laughs> we're two, two guys, guys swap <laughs> and just see what happens yeah i, love I it. like it yeah throw back to season one one of our most popular episodes actually uh <laughs> so these cops are looking for a murderer but what they should be looking for are acting lessons both of these guys are complete caricatures and the lead detective the one familiar with the game gives some really weird line readings but they do find linda and that combined with her close call the other night maybe starts to put the idea in her head that dr pride might have something to do with this silky the pimp on the other hand doesn't see any of what's going to happen coming (laughs) yeah he's coming back again right we're gonna transition to the next evening and silky's once again there at the bar he's still trying to get linda on his side he's trying to get her in the harem and he has no worries about it he offers her to join again and she turns him down and heads to the washroom there was a weird transition where he very quickly replaces her by some random white lady yeah that girl kind of rolls up sits in the seat and he's like you'll do just fine (laughs) when uh, our linda character comes back she's a bit offended that this white girl's sitting in her spot and we get what is kind of a black exploitation expectation at this point based on the movies we've seen, and that is the bitch fight. You've seen, I was going to say hooker fight, bitch fight, good <laughs> lord. No, we've seen a lot of prostitutes uh, fighting in black exploitation movies, truck turner, coffee, it happens a lot. Yeah, and Silky heads out, he's got two ladies with him, and they're heading off, I think, to do some business, but when they pull over to the side of the road, who happens to pull out of the bushes but the good doctor? Of course, he fucks them up too. He he grabs one of the prostitutes and immediately chokes her to death, and then he goes after Silky. He Silky tries. Well, hang on, Silky goes after him. He gets out of the car and comes after him with his karate. <laughs> Silky throws down a couple chops and miss punches, and then quickly gets knocked down by our white Hulk slash uh, white Hyde character. And uh, things are not looking good for Silky, but. <laughs> His lady, the one who kind of replaced Linda, comes out to defend him. And what happens here? Fuck, man. Dr. Hyde, or whatever we're calling him, just fucking picks her up 
And like he throws so many people in this movie. He lifts her over his head and just fucking tosses her into the street. Then, then <laughs> <gets> <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> this throw is pretty epic. This is this is not a minor throw. This is somebody who has picked up like a trophy and tossed it for like 40 yards this person picks it up and chucks it it crashes down (laughs) she takes a major beating on the ground and i kind of assume she's dead well if she wasn't then she isn't a minute when he gets in his car and fucking runs her over he just runs over her body i should also point out uh silky just keeps throwing kicks at him and they're doing nothing but he doesn't stop this is like when we watch action movies and guys keep shooting even though the bullets are doing nothing silky is just kick 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 and the dude is just standing there till he finally fucking chops him and drops him on the ground yeah silky learns after that chop though that none of his offense is going to work and he runs away he like runs around the corner and lets his two ladies be demolished by the fucking white hulk here yeah but after he runs the one down he doesn't stop there he drives after silky eventually cornering him in an alley and just fucking smashing him up against the wall Unfortunately for Silky, he's not done here. He backs up, and as Silky falls to his knees, he drives forward and just squishes him to fucking death. It is kind of a brutal death here. They do cut away before you see any of the gore. I will say that the makeup budget is probably pretty low on this bad boy. They've run into funds at this point. Yeah, there's nothing left. There's nothing left. (laughs) We do a quick transition, and we're back to our good doctor being asleep in the car in his driveway. Well, yeah, the one downside of uh, squashing Silky in his Rolls Royce is it's going to totally mess up the grill. And also not looking good is the doctor himself. He has bags under his eyes. He's exhausted and needs a shave. And as he stares deep into the mirror, he comes face to face with the terrifying truth. He is losing control, or at least that's what his rapidly developing alter ego tells him after some top-notch acting from Bernie Casey. (laughs) This is no nightmare, Dr. Pride. You're real. And it's too late to change. I laugh so hard as he's talking to the mirror here, as he's trying to give himself that fucking mirror pep talk. (laughs) I am starting to lose the plot. I'm trying to buy in and believe this Doctor character, and I just can't hold on for very much more. Well, there's more coming, so you better find a way to hold on. But yeah, I'm surprised by how bad all this is. Speaking of surprises, Linda inexplicably calls Dr. Pride the next day and asks him to meet her at the famous Watts Towers. He's talking to her like everything is fine, and thank God she calls him out for it, because he literally tried to murder her after first trying to inject her with an experimental serum against her will. She wants him to turn himself in for the murders, and when he refuses, she goes for the Oscar with a fierce monologue. And I don't know about you, but I don't think she pulls it off. She definitely doesn't. There, There is a lot here. What I thought was funny was, before he calls linda he also contacts his girlfriend the other doctor and asks her to go meet him at the mountains for a sesh oh in the cabin yeah 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 and he wants to dust off the old cabin yeah metaphoric or literally yeah yeah, literally he wants to be metaphorically both then he gets a call from linda and she asks him to meet at the watts towers and so this like cabin is probably not going down because he Never seems happens. like he's not able to walk away from that we know because she's been contacted by the police and she's working with him that this is a bit of a setup though well yeah and she tells him she wants him to turn himself in and when he doesn't she does exactly what she said she was going to do and goes to the police but unfortunately they find her story more than a little far-fetched 
these guys are better at their jobs than I thought, though, because they go ask Billy some questions about what exactly she and Dr. Pride are working on. So the cops are getting close. Billy's got even more suspicions, and Linda completely knows what's going on, although inexplicably that is not going to stop her from going out hooking, which goes about as bad as anything could possibly go. But at least the soundtrack is funky as hell. <laughs> Kind of. It's amazing when she's running away from him and trying to hide and shit. That soundtrack's like it, they got it going. I feel like of all the black exploitation movies we've watched, this might be one of the weaker soundtracks, though. I mean, I don't know. For me, when you've got the bass and the drums and the fucking horns or whatever, it's all good. <laughs> That's how I feel. I, I feel like you're looking for positives at this point that may may or may not be there. I think the positives are this fucking chasing where he's trying to chase after her. Is this where we head into the warehouse? No, from first he Black goes Island? to get her in the apartment. He runs back into the apartment. He's chasing oh, her. Oh, shit. So here's where we head to the apartment. This is where I'm a little bit upset at Linda. As a viewer, Linda is protecting her friend and their kids the entire time we're watching this. She's giving them money and helping them out. As soon as White Hulk shows up, she just fucking runs away and her friend gets strangled to death on the stairwell. Yeah, she does kind of leave her for dead there. And he's just chasing her still. Yeah, chases her a whole bunch. She somehow escapes from this apartment complex and ends up in the warehouse from Blackula. It did look very similar. We thought there were some similarities. Same director, by the way. The guy who directed Blackula directed this. I think is better, but whatever. We'll get to that it later. It definitely is, but Do yeah. Dr. Pride must have kicked down 15 fucking doors. Oh, my God. The one door he kicked down has two people boning down. It had uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a reasonable side shot sex scene. We couldn't see penetration, but it felt like it was happening. You never see penetration. We're watching fucking pornos here. Uh <laughs> No, I also like that weird, like, shuffle running he does in between oh door Oh, my kicks. God. Up the stairs as he shuffle runs. <laughs> this sequence was hilarious. It, it has to this be the one, best sequence in the movie, it, right? It has to be yeah. one of the funniest shots ever in a movie I have seen. <laughs> the running looks so fake. I cannot understand it, but it is so, so good. It's like he's carrying two invisible suitcases. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, yeah, he's he's got like a weight tied to both ass cheeks and it's preventing him from moving in a regular way. Oh my God. Well, as this chase is happening, Linda breaks into an antique shop or a warehouse or something to hide that one you mentioned. That's kind of like Blackula. But after thinking she might be in the clear, she opens the door to reveal a haint. What the fuck is a haint? That's a, that's a cross between the abominable snowman and Willie the werewolf. This movie just losing all credibility here. Yeah, this was brought forth by our detective. He decides to share that and say this is what's happening. We're in a real struggle at this point as they're trying to track down the White Hulk as he's losing his mind and moving forward. The police do kind of catch up to them as they're heading here, and they scare him through the streets. And where does this kind of ultimately end up? Well, this is actually like one of the most famous things about this movie. It's all going to culminate at the Watts Towers because Dr. Pride, or the Haint, or whatever we're calling him now, is carrying Linda's body through the streets when the cops spot him and eventually surround him. And with nowhere left to run, he drops Linda's body and heads inside the towers where he quickly murders a police dog. Billy arrives just in time to see Dr. Pride start climbing one of those aforementioned towers in what some people believe is an homage to King Kong. And similarly to the end of that movie, a whole bunch of cops opened fire despite the fact that bullets did nothing earlier. And that lead detective said they couldn't fire in the towers like 30 seconds ago. Those bullets did the trick this time, though, as Dr. Pride falls to his death after a fairly awful close-up. 
I have so many questions at this point. Shoot, what do you got? Like, I'm really struggling. One, there's another scene in this movie where he gets shot at and the bullets nothing. do absolutely Does nothing. nothing. Yeah. So why are bullets working now? It's the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> is that the answer? <laughs> Two, he's been able to recognize the female leads in this throughout. And somehow at this point, he seems not to be able to make decisions uh, that support them. Why is he losing his humanity at this point and climbing up this tower? I mean, I think it's just he's taken the serum too many times. The more you take it, the less human you become. I mean, we don't see an alter ego start to manifest till after the second or third time he's taken it. It's not a good plan, clearly, but I think he's beyond plans at this point. He it, It's become a thing where he's just like, you see the way he's acting. He's doing these like screams, these weird gestures. It's almost like primal in a way, which like, he's losing his humanity is what I infer from that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think what has happened in an attempt to fight against this sort of liver disease and try to pursue science, he has lost some of that humanity. Is the message then in this movie, like, to not trust scientific research? Like, where are we going with this? I had the message was keep it real. <laughs> I'm serious. Don't inject yourself thing. with uh, fucking garbage. He sells out the fucking community. He's selling out his community, and that's never okay. And that is an overwhelming theme of exploitation movies. And is that what makes this a horror movie? What makes it a horror movie is a big fucking zombie chasing people around and trying to murder them. <sighs> There's so little of this that feels scary, though. Well, again, I think that's the production value. It's just, it's so low budget. How can it feel scary when, like, it's just Bernie Casey with a fucking white face on. So what happens here as he climbs the tower? Where do we transition? They shoot him and he falls down, man. And that's pretty much it. After a tearful goodbye from Billy, we're into the credits where we see the cops clearing the scene and paramedics loading his corpse into an ambulance while somber music plays. So that's a bit of a downer. Yeah. This ended- I didn't want him to keep killing prostitutes, but like, man. This ended on a rough note for sure. Not quite the... Uh, the resounding success of many other blaspotation movies where they triumph over adversity like in Coffee or Truck Turner. Both of those had a lot of down before they got to the good, though. In this, it was like positive towards negative, which was an interesting transition. There's very little positive in this, I feel. But this might be a good time to transition to our ratings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way we always do this, we heard the movie on a scale of 1 to 10 two times. 1 to 10 for how bad it is. 1 to 10 for how enjoyable. And the goal is to find movies that are 10 of 10 on both scales, or what we call the Crit 20. And for me, this is definitely a bad movie. Like, there was a couple of ones we've watched where we're like, I don't know this belongs in the podcast. This definitely belongs in our fucking podcast. Yeah. I really liked seeing it, and one of the things that's been my favorite part of us podcasting together is you introducing me to different styles of movie, and in particular, the black exploitation genre. My assumption early was that they would be similar, and so much of these have something in common, and that is like... Funky soundtracks, hooker fights, <laughs> pimps, both, both of the, the presence all, of pimp characters. All of that, but also... Sort of a battle against a white community that has held them down, right? And you see that in this, which I like. But each one is a very different way of getting to and describing that same message. Yeah, and I think because it is in technically in the horror genre, because it was directed by the same guy who directed Blackula that we watched and talked about last season, I think it's not only natural to compare them. We've already said Blackula is in so many ways a better movie. Um, it Both really, it, yeah, yeah, it really is. I feel like in this one, there's a lot less quality acting and suspense. The acting is a big one. The suspense is a big one. I think just like 
the the thing about this movie that makes it so clearly bad to me is you can just see the budget constraints. The fact that in so many scenes they're they're in rooms and there's nothing on the walls, and that to me is always a sign of like low production value. When you have fucking bare walls in a movie, like nah, it just means you didn't have a lot of cash. The setting the setting is struggle, right? Each of the shots are difficult. There's a lot of times where the same shot is repeated in editing to extend. And yeah, make you this pointed better. that out. I didn't notice that until you mentioned it, but there are some scenes that are the exact same shot. More than I'm used to in the kind of movies that we watch, the acting is a struggle. The effects for makeup are really, really poor in this, and I think that would go a long way to make this better. I, it's funny because the I, I enjoyed Blackula. I enjoyed yep. watching this too, but Blackula seemed to have a better connection to the vampire... Oh, like, like Mythos than this did to Jekyll and Hyde? Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I really struggled with this connecting to Jekyll and Hyde. If we were trying to have it inspired by, I felt like this one was not connected to as well. And I'm sure that's not what the community cared about at all, right? Like, I feel like that wasn't what they were looking to do was to see if it, like, met with or fit with the genre. But I don't feel that this did as good a job at that. See, I feel like they just probably didn't care. I think this was just like a literally, like, we just got it. We're pumping movies out. We'll call it this. We'll vaguely connect it and go. And they didn't put the time and effort and thought that they did into Blackula. This is also later on, right? Blackula is like 1972. That's still fairly early in the black exploitation genre emerging. This is closer towards the end where it just became about the money. And so I don't know if that's what happened here, but it kind of feels like it in a lot of ways. Um, I feel like you and I are both just saying things we did not uh, think were good at the same time. Do you want to just say our bad rating <laughs> in, at the same time? A, I think in a second. I think we can go to this in, in one second. We can both throw out the bad. I don't want to discredit black exploitation by saying this, but this feels like it's closer to a porn parody than a... Another in terms of quality, there's like no nudity in this other than Linda in the doctor's office. Not not yeah. nudity, but in terms of like time and thought to connect production to the value. production. It's yeah, the yeah. loosest of connections is what you're in saying. In all of the ones that we've seen, yeah. It's just enough so that you can name it this and not be but like... But not average yeah. connected, yeah. Fair. So, no, I don't know. What do you think? Like, Let's how, throw how the bad? black. Uh, on three? Of, yeah, yeah, three. On three? You don't uh, say three. Right. You started at one. One, two. Okay, you go ahead then. One, one two, two, three, three ten. Nine. Okay. I is a nine because I did, and we mentioned this, there were a few shots in there in a few moments, and I said this and you agreed with me. This guy's not a bad director. He just doesn't have anything to work with, but there are some, there are some skillful shots. The way he sets some stuff up here, it's not bad. It's just, he, I feel like this guy was just hamstrung by the production value. You're right. There are some cool shots. Some of the cinematography is good. I just didn't think it could overcome the terribleness of the story, acting, effects, makeup, even the music. I wasn't as upset with the music as you were, I, but... I love the music it's in black generic. movies. It's yeah. kind of generic well, that's it, right? music. Yeah. Was, there, was there a theme? Did we there, have a there's song? There's no theme yeah, song. That, that I, yeah. to me is a fucking travesty. This feels like enjoyment to me, though, not not how bad. But that still has to be bad to me is that they didn't put the effort in to make a theme for this movie. That's fair. So I'm a 9, you're a 10, but how enjoyable did you find this movie on a scale of 1 to 10? I thought that there were some good direction in some of the choices they made. I thought that there were some really fun shots. I laughed a ton. I had a 10 bad. It's not a 10 enjoy. No. No, it's just it's just not there. It's not as good as Blackula. Blackula it is right? the worst Blackula movie we've watched in terms of enjoyment. Um, so we Le less fun than Truck Turner. Yeah, less fun than Coffee. Coffee was an imp 
impressively made movie. Like Coffee is the least bad black exploitation movie Right by a lot. Like I, I gave it an like, eight, and I I look back now and I'm like, why did I give it an eight? Bad. Like it's not a bad movie. I at feel all. like it is a decently made movie, except for the makeup and effects production budget, value. Right. Yeah. Like I feel yeah. like production value was low, but the rest of that movie was really well done. I feel like enjoyment was highest still in the very first black exploitation. Human tornado. Human tornado is like. It's just such You already said it You should have given it a crit 20 I, You fucker I, I still believe yeah. That that is you my biggest it. mistake On the podcast <laughs> Is not giving yeah. that a 10 enjoyable um, For this one though I, I don't regret watching it anyway I think it was still interesting I like learning more about the genre But I have it as a 7 You know what I have a 7 too And it, it's it's for the reasons you said It's got enough of the the tropes of the genre Enough of those kind of key elements Where I enjoy it I really enjoy the genre it does hit some of the same notes. I think the inclusion of the watchtowers are really cool. Like that is a historic landmark in a lot of ways that um, holds a significance in the community. We, we learned that from the dialogue in this, but also kind of in some historical evaluations of this film. It's one of the most famous things about it. So I like that. I think Bernie Casey is a talented guy. He would, he would and did go on to better things after this, but some parts of this not great. The effects are bad. It's funny at times, but other times you're kind of just like, ah. Yeah. The transformation scene's tough to watch. Really, really hard. I felt like the acting on all transformations was really bad. The Linda actor didn't do a poor job. I thought she was actually quite engaging. Oh, I disagree. When she's fucking crying at him in the car about turning himself in, that's rough. She struggles there. She struggles there. I agree. I think that scene is one of the loosest or worst scenes in the movie. But I think in terms of being an endearing, like, I'm just trying to make my way through the world character, she actually does a pretty good job most of the time. She does do a good job of expressing that kind of weariness that comes with, like, that sort of, uh, I almost said d-to-mouth lifestyle. <laughs> that kind of hand-to-mouth, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know, man. Oh, she does a good yeah. job of conveying yeah. that. Like, she's yeah. struggling to get by, and yeah. that's clear in her interactions with him. Yeah. They actually have... They have a chemistry when she's in like the she doctor's yeah, office. They but do for that, sure. And like on the date, you see it a little. But once he turns on her, it's kind of she struggles in the like I'm afraid and I need to get away. When it's sure. time for her to yeah. fire up, it's not there. No, it's not there. I it's agree. not there. I agree with that. So yeah, I think seven is a fair rating for both of us. Um, I don't know about you. I feel a lot better about this beer that we tried. What do you think about this beer? I do enjoy a good beer mix. I am definitely not opposed to mixing different styles, and I think what has been created here by necromancer is absolutely delicious yeah so i'm not a big cream ale guy and like i have drank now both of these beers separately and also together i love the combination together separately uh i really like the black the pittsburgh porter the cream ale again not my style but when you mix it with the porter i didn't know i was gonna go it goes really well yeah, it, it almost adds like a little bit of a lightness or freshness when you like it almost. Exa- yeah, the exactly. From yeah, yeah. A, yeah. And it's just so, so smooth. It was very easy to drink this. I've poured both cans into one glass and crushed it over the time that we've been doing this. And I would definitely recommend drinking things from Necromancer Brewery. They have a really cool aesthetic. The beers that they serve there have been tremendous and I've enjoyed everything I've drank. Bartender was a super nice guy, too. I don't remember his name, though. I feel bad now. So some months ago, but super nice guy. Explained stuff to us. Yeah. Told us about the beers. Like, very friendly. I'm Although gonna, everyone in Pittsburgh I'm going to say Ned. His name is definitely, I do not think definitely his not name was Ned, Ned. But I'm going to give Ned credit because that feels like a, a sweet bartender name. Whoever anyway. you are, a sweet bartender, we enjoyed meeting you. And I'm yeah. sorry we don't remember your yeah, name. Thanks for, thanks no, for man. Uh, it's, it's a cool spot. They actually have two locations uh, are in the Pittsburgh area. 
cool environment, um, delicious beers. We had these two. You had one of their uh, IPAs as well, right? Yeah, I can't remember at this point because it's been so many beers today and so many beers at that point, too. But they have a lot of really good He's stuff. He's the beer expert, me. ladies and gentlemen. Well, I mean, the beer expert who has drank way too much. Uh, we never point. do yeah. fucking research yeah. for this thing. It's well, fine. I mean, I do, but I, I think I it's part of the charm. I don't know. <laughs> if you're charmed by us, we love you and keep listening, please. There you go. Yeah. And uh, speaking of continuing uh, listening, two weeks from now, is going to be our annual Christmas episode. We're going action this holiday season. We're going to be watching a little Chuck Norris film called Invasion USA. Oh, my God. And because of that title, we're going to have a little Invasion of USA beers. I have procured for us an advent calendar from the United States, Buffalo, New York. We've got a beer advent calendar. We're going to crack it open. We're going to draft some fucking beers. We're going to watch our first ever Chuck Norris. We don't know how that fucking happened. We're over 100 episodes in. And a little Canon Pictures film to make it even better. Cherry on the Sunday. Did you just throw down Chuck Norris and Canon Films and a fucking beer draft in one episode? Well, we're going to do the beer draft separately. Well, we'll do that as a bonus episode first. You can hear us open the advent calendar and choose who gets which beer. But yes, Invasion USA, we've got an American beer invasion. It's a canon film, Chuck Norris, action, advent calendar beer draft. There's some good <laughs> stuff coming. <laughs> I am so beyond half chub that you can't imagine. Like, this is like, we are three quarters to full chub at this point, and I am so You've excited. You've got a fucking Dr. Pride level erection after he injects himself with that serum and gets a look at his white face in that mirror. <laughs> The guy's just ready to nail prostitutes and fucking join I, a country club. I, I am ready to go here. I am so excited. I think Chuck Norris is hilarious and love it. And I am also so excited for this beer advent calendar. I can't wait for our next episode in a couple of weeks here. You have to join us for that one. It's going to be a good time. Keep an eye out for the bonus episode first. We'll post the results of the beer advent calendar in the beer draft first. And then we'll be coming your way with Invasion USA to close out 2023. Before then, if you have not already, please follow us on social media at the BMB podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Still, we're approaching the new year, but looking for suggestions for movies and or beers that we can taste and enjoy. It's not true. We're all filled up. Yeah, this season's season fucked. four is yeah, done. We're you can maybe get season. in for next year. But but send them out there because we we'll want to hear em. from you. Uh, We've heard from a couple people recently and it's like, listen, it's going to be like a year, but we'll... We'll, we'll get to it. We appreciate you. We the, love you all. The BMB podcast at gmail.com. Fuck yes. And we hope that you will join us in two weeks for Invasion USA, our Christmas episode. Beer draft coming your way. Until then, I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep it real. Oh, I, <laughs> a monster he can't control has taken over his very soul. <laughs>